This morning, God's Word comes to us from the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 35. Isaiah 35, we'll be reading the 10 verses of this chapter. We begin at verse 1. What we hear now is God's Word. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunt of jackals where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes. And a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools, they shall they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come up on it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, we are this week in the second Sunday of Advent. Advent, that season in the liturgical year, that we focus and prepare to celebrate the incarnation, the coming of Jesus Christ into the world. Advent reminds us and gives us a bigger picture of, of Christmas time in Jesus Christ. The Christmas story did not begin in the New Testament, but already in the Old Testament, God was preparing the way and declaring that His Son would come to be the Redeemer of His people. This year, we are using uh, prophecies from Isaiah as we prepare for the celebration of Christ's incarnation. Last week, we talked about Christ's advent bringing comfort. And we heard those words again this morning from Isaiah chapter 40. The comfort that God gives to us, His people, in His Son, Jesus Christ. This week, we look at Isaiah 35, and we will see this morning that Christ's advent not only brings comfort, Christ's advent also brings life. 
And the prophet here in Isaiah 35, as he does throughout his prophecy, gives us beautiful pictures, uh, pictures of the physical reality around us to point us to beautiful spiritual truths and lessons. He gives us pictures we can uh, conjure up in our minds to teach us these beautiful truths of what God did in the coming of His Son. This morning, Christ's advent brings life. Brings life to the desert, brings life to the weak, and brings life to the redeemed. We see in chapter 35, verse 1, the wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. And we talked last week just a bit about how Israel would hear these words wilderness and dry land and desert. The desert was a place of desolation. The desert was a place where their forefathers wandered for 40 years. It was a place of judgment. It was a place of death. And now in this deserted place, in this desert place, in this wilderness place, God says there will be life. I will bring life to the place of death. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and with singing. This place which had been an image of them, of God's judgment, God's punishment, now becomes a picture of the blessing of God to His people. It says in verse 2, The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. Lebanon, that, uh, that land up north of Israel where there were all those, those huge trees we were called the cedars of Lebanon, glorious forests. I guess if we were going to contextualize this today, we would say the desert would become like the redwood forest. Maybe, kids, your parents have taken you on a trip uh, up, up in the mid-California, and the, the redwood forest and the avenue of the giants and all these glorious trees are growing. That's what the desert becomes like, a picture of life in the desert. He says, uh, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon shall be given to it. This, uh, this coastal plain where it was fertile land, wonderful things growing there. The desert becomes like this, this wonderful fertile plain in Sharon and Carmel. Growth, life in a desert place. And the glory of the Lord shall be seen in the majesty of our God. He says in verse 6, The waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. This change from desert to forest, this change from desert to fertile field is not natural. Something has to be done to make the desert bring forth this life. God is the one who comes and acts in the picture. And so the prophet here gives us this physical picture to point us to a spiritual reality. Just like a place of death, the wilderness, the desert, can blossom and bloom and spring forth, so too in our barren lives. In us who were dead, 
dead in transgressions and sins, when God comes by the power of His Spirit, new life springs forth. The trees grow. The flowers grow. Things blossom. God works in our hearts. He works in our lives by the power of His Spirit to give us that new life. That is what Jesus Christ did in His advent, in His coming. His advent brings life to a dead people takes those hearts that are cold and stone-like and makes them hearts of flesh, hearts that respond to His call, hearts that embrace Him by faith. It is that glorious work that Jesus Christ continues to do by the power of His Spirit even today. Today, the Gospel goes forth once again to put your faith, your trust in that Jesus Christ alone. Don't stop living in the... Don't, don't keep living in the desert. But embrace Jesus Christ. Embrace what He has done. And know life. Life that comes from death. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. Christ's advent brings life to dead, cold hearts. What else does the prophet say? Verse 3. He says this, Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, Be strong, fear not. And once again, the prophet is going to use some pictures, some physical pictures to teach a spiritual truth. Strengthen weak hands and make firm feeble knees knees. You know, kids, maybe uh, if your grandparents live near you or you go to visit your grandparents and, and your grandmother is going to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for you, and she takes the, the peanut butter and the jelly out and she tries to open that jelly jar and it just, it just doesn't seem to open very well. And she might go to your mom or dad and say, would you open this for me? My hands just aren't strong enough to do it anymore. As we get older, we get weakness in our hands, weakness in our legs. Uh, my dad uh, used to love to go for walks. He walked all the time. People knew Elmer Niemeyer walking around Linden, Washington, and dad would go for a mile walk to get to the coffee shop and have his cup of coffee and then take the mile walk back home again. When I was little, Saturday mornings, dad and I would go for walks together all over town. And my dad was a tall guy and had long legs, and it was like running to keep up with him. He had to work hard to walk with dad. At the end of his life, one of the last visits we had when they were still living in their apartment, uh, Dad and I went for a walk. It was from the front door to the mailbox right across the street. And by the time we were back to the front door, he had to pause and take a break. As we get older, we get weak. Weak hands, feeble knees. And yet, Yet this picture of weakness points us to the blessings that God gives. He gives strength to the weak. Now, not just physical strength, not just so Grandma can open the jar or, or Grandpa can go for the walk again. But he even makes an own transition himself in verse 4. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Jesus Christ comes to give strength 
and to give life to those who are weak. Fear not, he says. I'm always surprised how many times those words, fear not, show up in the Christmas story. Maybe one of these years that'll be our theme for Advent. Christmas is coming, fear not. When the angel comes to Mary, the angel speaks to her of a child to be born, and the angel says, fear not, you have found favor with God. Don't be afraid. When, when the angel goes to speak to Joseph, the angel says to him, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, fear not. When the angel come and comes and speaks to the shepherds, uh, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people today in the town of Bethlehem. A Savior has been born to you. Fear not. Fear not. Be encouraged. Be strengthened. Be strong. And fear not. And all of those fear nots answer the fear that was present in the Garden of Eden when the man and his wife fell into sin. Before that, they had regular fellowship with God. And then Adam and Eve choose to not walk in God's ways, choose to go on their own path, and they fall into sin, and the Lord God comes walking in the garden, and what happens? They hide themselves. Why? Because we were afraid. We hid ourselves because we were naked and afraid because you were coming. And that fear would live throughout mankind year after year and decade after decade until finally Jesus Christ comes to earth. And these glorious words, fear not. He comes to bring strength. He comes to bring life. Perhaps... Perhaps as you reflect upon your life, as I reflect upon my own, I see, I see sins that are still besetting sins. Those, those things that I still struggle with on a weekly and sometimes daily basis. And I ask myself, how can I keep doing these things if I'm really a child of God? Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not chosen by God. Maybe I'm not saved. The trouble is when I say that, I'm putting my, my eyes upon myself as an assurance for salvation. Jesus Christ came. It is in His advent that we have life. It is in His coming that our weaknesses are strengthened. If you are struggling with an assurance of salvation, fear not, for Jesus Christ has come to strengthen you and to give you life. That is what his advent does. And he gives that life in its fullness. Look what we read in verse 5. The eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame man shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. Jesus Christ's advent brings life, brings strength abundantly. That's exactly what happened when Jesus came. Jesus came, children, and he made the blind see, and he made the deaf hear, and he made the lame walk, and he made the mute speak. He did this, exactly what the prophet says. Physical pictures that point us to a spiritual reality. Even in Jesus' miracles, his point was not just the physical healing. 
but to point to the truth that He had the power, He had the ability to take care of our deepest needs. The blindness of our hearts. Our ears stopped to hearing the ways of God. Lame in our own works, not able to save ourselves, not able to go where we want. An inability. All these point to an inability. And yet Jesus Christ comes. And He saves, and He saves completely. What does the text say, kids? Does it say that the eyes of the blind now can see with glasses? Does it say that the ears now can hear with hearing aids? Does it say that the lame can now stumble around, that the mute can now mumble? No, they are saved totally. They are saved completely. The eyes of the blind opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped. The lame man leaps like a deer. And the tongue, the tongue of the mute sings for joy. Jesus Christ comes and to the weak, to the downtrodden, he gives life and he gives life abundantly. That is what we celebrate in Advent, what Christ has come to do for us. And again from verse 6, the waters break forth in the wilderness and the streams in the desert and the burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. This glory, this blessing, this strength springs forth upon us, given in abundance, given in abundance to God's people. Christ's advent brings life in the desert. It brings life to the weak and brings life to his redeemed. Look at verse 8. And a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come up upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. Christ's advent brings life to the redeemed. A path, a highway for the people of God. A path for those whom He has chosen. A highway in the desert. A highway in the wilderness. Now kids, I don't know if you've ever, ever gone out to the desert. We used to live in the desert in, in Phoenix. And it's very, very easy to get lost. If you just start wandering in the desert, there's really no paths or roads, and you can get very, very lost quickly. But there will be no loss. In the desert, a highway is there. There's a path called the way of holiness. God has made this clear place for His people to walk. Again, a physical picture to teach a spiritual reality. For those who know Christ's advent, for those who recognize what He has done for them, we are now called to live, to act, to walk in a particular way, in this path called the way of holiness. The prophet gives us this call to holy living. He says, holy living, the unclean shall not pass over. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. No lion shall be there, no ravenous beast. There shall be found there. The, the redeemed shall walk there. The call to live 
and to walk in the way of holiness. I think the problem is so often that we think the way of holiness is the way of restriction. It's the way of of a lack of excitement, a lack of fun. If 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 I commit myself to holy living, think of all the things I will give up. The prophet gives the exact opposite picture. In the path of holiness is the path of safety and the path of security. There is no lion that is there. There is no ravenous beast that is there. It's when we walk outside of God's path. We walk on our own ways. That's where the lions are. That's where the beasts are. That's where the danger is. But to walk on this highway in the path of holiness, the ways of God, there is a sense of security and there is a sense of peace. Christ's advent brings life and a path of life to walk in the ways of holiness. Verse 10, And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. This path for the redeemed is for the ransomed, those whom God has bought as his very own, those whom he has chosen. He has ransomed us. He has redeemed us. He has released us from slavery that we might live before him and walk in the path of joy, the path of safety. Christ's advent brings life, a secure life, an assured life. The last couple phrases here, they shall obtain gladness and joy. That's a rather mild translation. One version puts it this way. Gladness and joy shall overtake them. And the contrast made as gladness and joy overtake us, the sorrow and the sighing flee away. God's blessing of life. God's blessing of assurance. God's blessing of a peace between us and Him that we that we not be overwhelmed with sadness, with sighing, but that God's gift of joy, God's gift of gladness, be the character of the believer. Christ comes and his advent brings life. Life in a cold, dark place, the coldness of our hearts, brings life in the desert and a life that is given abundantly. Those who are weak, those who are struggling, find their strength, not in themselves, but in Jesus Christ, what he has done for them. And knowing that glorious truth, knowing that message that Christ's advent has come to give us life, a path of peace, a path of security, we now desire to walk in a way that brings glory to him. May we celebrate the advent of Jesus Christ by committing ourselves once again today by the power of the Spirit to walk on this highway, this way of holiness, because Christ has come to strengthen weak hands, to make firm feeble knees. He has come to do everything necessary to secure our salvation in Him. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we do thank You and praise You. For the work of your Son, Jesus Christ, we thank you for his advent, for his coming into this world, and the blessings that we receive from that, that he has secured our salvation by his finished work on the cross, 
that he continues by the power of his spirit to strengthen us day by day, and that he would lead us, guide us in the path, the way of holiness, the way of security, the way of safety and peace. Lord God, help us to truly celebrate the glories of Jesus Christ, who he is and what he's done, not only in our hearts, but also in our lives. Hear our prayer, O God, for Jesus' sake. Amen.